everybody. Welcome to the New World Pictures Podcast bonus episode of Feb Sest. We have come to the end of Feb Sest, as we always do in the calendar year. You know, mm. these these months just blow right by. It's they do. It, they do. It's and February is a long month, so it's really surprising. It's not it's the shortest, so but don't tell Mark that. Um <laughs> he thinks it's a leap year. So, but we've come to the end of Feb Sest, and this is like one of the uh, most special interviews we have done, I really have to say, this was such a cool thing. This is our Torment reunion mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Uh, episode where we have Scott Alexander, Earl Gaffari, and John Penny, who all worked on it in the, edit- in the editing department. They worked on this movie. They're all old friends. They all know each other. This was such a cool thing to be a part of because when we start talking to them, they just kind of take over. And it's such a right. great thing to... Yeah. to have brought these guys together to talk about this movie. Uh, you're really going to love this interview. It's really, really great. Scott Alexander, you guys will all know uh, because he co-wrote movies like Ed Wood and um, The People versus Larry Flint. And Earl Garfari has moved on to editing movies. Like He also edited Wayne's World. He mm-hmm. edited Encanto and Frozen and does a lot of new Disney stuff. John Penny, who we will talk to uh, later as well because he worked on a lot of New World movies like Body Rock, and girls just want to have fun. But he uh, co- he wrote the script for Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Uh, he's made his own movies. Um, uh, so these guys are like, you know, amazing filmmakers in their own right. The fact that we got to talk with them about Torment, <laughs> which is a movie we all loved, yep. Uh, yep. was yep. amazing in and of itself. But this episode is so cool because... It's just great uh, hanging out with these guys, uh, these really uh, good friends. But before we get into this interview, I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. I'm obsessed about this interview. <laughs> and Erica. I'm sad that I won't be able to be obsessed after Feb. <laughs> so enough from us. Let's get into our interview with Earl Gaffari, John Penny, and Scott Alexander. What was it? Canon Films, New Line Cinema, New World... Part, not it was, it was yeah this was post this was post corman those were all the playgrounds right well no no there was um there was trimark which i did return to living dead three for right best that was, and they've all been absorbed in hey what about cinetel cinetel with cinetel they're all their catalogs have been absorbed into um uh uh you know, um, Lionsgate now. Okay. And there was also Film Ventures. Let's not forget that you guys film ventures. Film ventures. Hey, we did I, that. Do what was that? We did something with that. Power. We did the power. The power. The power was for film <laughs> ventures. Yeah. Of course. That was a blast. We loved the we loved the or was it Dormant Dribblad? Nothing. That was just no, new. that was new image. And you image. Oh, yeah, yeah. I am right. right. The Door in the Trim Blood, that is kind of where you guys started. Though, yeah. I know, Scott, you didn't work on that one. No. I, I was no. still in high school. But I, but I ran into Earl during that time period because Earl and I went to school together, but Earl was a year ahead of me. And he said... Two years. Two? Yeah. I thought you were one. And I graduated in 79. Oh, my God. You look younger. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Um, I did see you in Man of La Mancha. That was a great right. performance. And at yeah, Holly and I, I was in classes with, with Earl's sister Karen, but I remember I ran into Earl and he was just like, I just worked on a feature. I'm like, I'm saying, what? No way. 
Yes, the oh, uh, the true. dorm that drip blood, or uh, death dorm, or yeah. pranks. It has several pranks. different names. Three, pranks. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And and that's it's a, is that... it's a movie so big it needs three titles. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie that used a, a tr uh, something that I feel like a lot of movies have have repeated, and I don't know if they're the first to do it, but they would like make a trailer in advance and then try to get the funding. Well, it was more than a trailer. We were doing um, what did Lee, what did uh, 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 Jeffrey call them? They promo were... reel. Promo, promo. reel. It's yeah. like a twenty minute reel to just convince investors. Yeah. And so we did, yeah, for every movie, we did promo reels. For it was that. all about production value. It gets great production value. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> The Power, we did one, and The Kindred, we did one. Yeah. And uh, they all ended up uh, getting made. And Servants of the Twilight, too. Servants of Twilight, that's right. Wow. But this is where Scott thought his future uh, lied in, is that the right word? In making right. a promo for your movie. Because you had no idea. You were you were saying I guess I'm going to have to make a promo for my movie to to get something going. Um, I, I, I was totally sold on the JL, yeah. the Jeff O'Brien Productions model. Yeah, I, I I didn't realize that he was the only guy in the world doing this. <laughs> then, I mean, my 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 final my swan. He's still song, doing it. Yeah, yeah, he still is. He won't. No one can stop him. <laughs> I mean, my, my my final go round was working on the promo, and they always had different titles. The promo for the Kindred, which was Experiment DNA. That's right. And we we must have had like you know thirty locations, you know, and, and fifty speaking parts, and it's so ridiculous. And at some point during it, I I just said to him, point like I said, Jeff, why are you doing this for the amount of work, the amount of effort you're putting into a promo? You might as well make a feature. Exactly. No, but his his answer was great. He says, I know, but I don't have the money yet for the feature. And I just like being on the set. Yeah. <laughs> he got him to the next step. Which was yeah. which is very honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But anyway, yeah, we all we all came from the Jeff Obrow Productions venue, which is where uh John Hopkins and Sam Islanian, John was the AD on mm -hmm. many of 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 uh, Jeffrey's movies and Sam was the line producer production manager and so we were when we were making all these movies they all got they got they kind of hit it off and became sort of this creative partnership I had met John Hopkins the co-director of Torment when we were in high school in Carmel in okay. uh, Central California mm -hmm. so we came down here sort of together and I said, you got to meet this guy, Jeff Obrow. He's actually making features. And when we thought, oh, this is crazy, just like Scott. Thought. So I got John connected with Jeff. Sam was a, um, a production manager. UCLA student. He met him at UCLA. At UCLA. And so that's how John Hopkins got involved with the JOP world. And um, John uh, and looking, I... Said, looking at the credits for Torment, half the crew is from your high school. <laughs> right? Are there, are, there, are there like five people? There's yeah. a lot of people. Walter Gorey, David Chris, Cunningham, Cunningham. Me, Chris Hopkins, and there's got to be one more in Pepe there. Pepe McElvain, the guy McElvain. So there were a lot of them um, uh, from Carm from the Carmel area that came down that we were sort of the Carmel contingent. Scott had a gang that was from USC 
which was Dan and Larry and Scott. It has and, anything to do with Torment. No, you guys were doing, <laughs> weren't you together during Torment? No, but they didn't work on Torment. Right, right. Do with torment. Oh, we, we like tangential right. stories related to torment. Uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's all. John's creating a whole. It's creating a whole flavor. I, I felt, I fell into this group, uh, which is basically an all UCLA group, and then I was at SC in the the summer after my freshman year, so I I, I was still eighteen. Uh, I I see a note tacked up at school. It's like a handwritten sharpie note. Like thirty-five millimeter film, and that was the that was the pitch. Thirty-five needs production assistance, and then a phone number. And I called it, and I think I think just Jeff answered his own phone. And it turned out, I believe, that Earl, aren't you the one who attacked at the note? Probably, yes. I mean, what, and, and so that, I probably so went I, around. So I, I do I do this interview with with Jeff, and then. It turns out we both went to the same high school, Palisades High. And so we hit it off sort of like talking about stuff from Pally. And then he mentions Earl. Like, oh, my God, I know Earl. I was in I was in orchestra with Earl. He played violin. I played clarinet. It's like so it was like this little kismet thing. But I mean, Earl was really the only person I knew going into that 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 heavy Carmel UCLA group. And that's when you, you guys you go, you went from dorm the drip blood into the power. Uh, yes. And that was like, was that after UCLA, basically, once you guys got out of UCLA, or was that pretty quickly after that? It was the next, like, having made Dornet Blood, we were like, yes, we've made a feature. Let's go right away. Jeff got started getting money. He made the promo reel. So it was right on the heels of it. Really? It seemed like right away. Yeah, it was. I actually... You were done by 83, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we went right from one into the other. Um, I was relegated to the editing room because the first day we were shooting Daphne Zuniga's head getting rolled over in Death Dorm. <laughs> right. And uh, I, I said, I really want to be on the lighting crew because I thought that would be really cool. And I remember plugging in a light too short and the light smashed. And then Jeff came up and said, hey, are you interested in the editing room? <laughs> no, no, you know what? You know what he said about that light, though? He said, Sam was like, this is bad. You got, John's in trouble. And Jeff goes, no, 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 no. Don't make him pay for it or anything. He'll owe us way more in work that he's going to do for us. <laughs> like, it's fine to sacrifice a life for that. And he's right. He was right. I toiled away in the editing room because I didn't have the skills for, for grip and electric. No. Yeah. But you I, had more to, you guys fight. had more to do in the power though, right? I mean, you guys. We did. We all worked a lot more in the power. Scott and Larry, we had so many, we basically. Larry, we wrote, why, why Larry didn't, didn't do that. that. Uh, Larry, you think of Marcus Chun. Marcus no, Chun. Larry, Marcus, no. Marcus was not on the power. No, Larry. He was. Mother, Marcus was on the power. I Larry, remember him in the ceiling of Jeff's garage. Doing sweating. the flame. It was like right. 150 degrees up there. Marcus worked on the power. Yeah. He did. But anyway. The I reason I say Larry and you guys were there the day we were shooting something called The Pit. And well, that Larry, was Larry and his Larry brought his mother from Indiana to be right. on extras at The Pit. Yeah. So you guys were involved. Scott, you were really involved in the power. Oh, oh yeah. I, I mean, the, the thing with those productions, you know, was as soon, as soon as they got their claws into you, you're there for production, you're there for post, you're there for marketing. 
you're there for like you know there's a role for you around town i i i i I was watching prince for for i was approving prince for color timing i'd say i don't even know anything about this (laughs) you know because we got our own sound dummy remember that we yeah, bought a if, sound if, dummy. If you if you're working for deferred, you know it's it's to the advantage of the production just to keep you doing as much work as possible because they don't have to pay you. Right, right. <laughs> so what, but I the... will say, yeah. speaking of deferred, torment, torment out paid. Of that group was the only movie that paid us all our uh, deferred. Oh, really? oh okay. Point. Yep, because we had New World Distribution, Linda Lichter negotiated that deal it was around a quarter million i want to say something yeah. like that yeah yeah and we were over the moon that uh new world released torment and that we were part of something that actually got our deferred back <laughs> because we'd <laughs> never gotten it before and we we're like wow this is pretty amazing this but is amazing. Of- it's amazing to talk to three people that did get paid by New World. That that's not everyone can make a claim to that. Uh, even people who work for them. So it's. <laughs> I mean, what do you? What do you? What was? What was the real budget? Like one hundred eighty thousand, something like that. Now but Sam's going to be watch low. this. Sam's going to watch. Earl, this. Earl says less. <laughs> no, I mean, I just like the whole like ninety five percent of it is in that his parents' house, like literally. Well, I, well, Earl, Earl, I, I mean, I, I'm sure all three of us rewatched the movie this weekend, and my memory of the movie was, oh, it's the two ladies and the killer in the house, and I was sort of shocked that the first act has so much stuff in the city. Yeah, and, and then yeah, it, it's, was... like, it's like, it's like, oh, it's the Vertigo scene. Oh, it's got a streetcar driving by. It's like, wow. Yeah, yeah with Sausalito, Sausalito too. Were those picked? Were those like sort of stolen shots? No, we never. We didn't have street permits, did we? I think Earl? Sam got permits. Really? Four point. Four point. Wait, wait, well, four wasn't point. It, wasn't, yes. it, wasn't it student student film? Student film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Film. It was still student film for sure. It was his grad. It was yeah. graduate project status, I think. But the 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 actual production was just because Sam and John connected. They wrote that script. Um, they said, we're going to do our version of this now. They got the funding together. They pulled from all of this group that was with Jeffrey um, into their movie. When, and... when you say they pulled from the group, it is the crew from the power. <laughs> yes. It, I mean, it's, it, it goes from the dorm, the drip blood to the power to torment. Like I was watching those movies over the weekend. Right. Going, this is all the same folks. Same this guys. Is, yeah. It's you, you know it's you like got to have it in your blood to want to do it. You because remember, I would try and recruit some people from UCLA. Do you remember Gerardo Perón? Yeah, he came up to a shoot and he was flabbergasted. We were up until three and three a.m. working. He was like, "This is ridiculous. This is not been like anywhere." <laughs> right back to L.A. He was like, he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do the hard work. No, I remember Sam lecturing me the very first day I worked on. Going into blood, uh, and we were sweeping blood up at like four in the morning. And he was a production manager doing the same thing. You got to have it in your blood to just want to do it, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so you're saying, well, John, I mean, that, we, that we were all. I mean, the thing to emphasize is we were all having a lot of fun. Yes, so much fun. That is really important. Sure. And the, and the fact that no one's getting paid was so besides the point. Didn't matter. Well, I hate to break it to you, Scott. I was getting paid. Wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? 
I was, yeah, was. Oh, I always got a paycheck. You always got a paycheck. You got paid on the power. I got paid on the power. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yes. Yes. You always got paid. I oh, did you got get paid? paid? I resented it. No, I wasn't getting paid. Maybe a little. Or two. Maybe a little bit. You got did, paid, wait, Earl. Did you get? You didn't get paid on the on torment. I. I no, remember. not on torment. Not on torment. You know what? He got a torment though. All of us had to stay in the basement and there are some scenes that they shot in the basement john and kathy had their own bedroom well first of all let me let me back <laughs> uh, we all went to uh sam's house in san francisco his parents house which is at 500 saint francis boulevard you can go to the house right now and it's exactly the same as when it is in the movie the house but, that's used in the movie the house that's that is correct but that's, John, in, it, it, that's in the city, but it yes, doesn't, but it doesn't have thing. all that green. It doesn't have all that greenery in front. But here's the thing: there's a, Chris guy, Hopkins. Right. there's a guy named Rocco Desperidae, I think his last name was. It's on the credits, and he did the glass painting on that shot, establishing shot of the house that yeah, made it seem like it was somewhere else but that was Rocco yeah Desperado I think and he's a, a well-known guy who went on to do a bunch of uh, uh effects and stuff but he did the glass painting and we shot that establishing shot uh uh of that house through an old style glass painting where they they sat on the set and finished the touches and painted the glass as the camera's buck you know shooting through the glass so it looks like there's nothing around the house right. but like trees and everything. And Why did Chris was, do that? Chris I, didn't have the chops for it. No offense, Chris. Uh, wait, oh, wait. Er, Earl said it was Chris in that email. No, no, I, I, I remember it on the Chris movie, did Rocco. He did mats for his project at UCLA. He was amazing. I Rocco remember. did those. And the oh. mats on Chris's were three-dimensional. They were little micro um, uh, foreground miniatures. The one we used in Torment was a, a glass painting which if you guys dig back in cinema history, you'll realize is an old way of sort of doing a um, sort of mat shot, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. I, well, it fooled me because I went to college in San Francisco. And so when Eric and I were watching it, I was like, she was like, where was this house? I was like, it has to be somewhere in the Bay Area. It can't be San Francisco. So I was like, St. Francis Woods. Wow. Stand corrected. From, yeah. Do you know West Portal? Yep. Of course. Yeah. yeah, they used yeah. to have a great movie theater right there that I used to see. That's stuff in. The weird weird thing is I knew the manager of that theater. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I know, that's a weird... Right, right by the Muni stop. So it was that's like correct. perfect location. And that's yeah. where we shot West Portal was where that uh, electric train came out. Yep. That's all West right. Portal. Wow. And, and the location was just up St. Francis Boulevard, which is right on the same street. Yeah, right. And when you first get into that neighborhood, they have much bigger houses. Yeah. But it was our it was a, a foreground a glass painting that we used. We were yeah, saying really they good. were saying before though that you were staying in the in the basement. You and right. well, so, not not John, but all, the rest of us, like the whole crew, was all wait, of, wait, about fifteen wait, guys in wait, one. What day. do you mean? What do you mean, not John? John had his I, own. That's what I'm saying. So, what John happened? was given one of the good bedrooms upstairs. Oh, so he was above ground? Oh, way above ground. He was like on the second floor, like okay, that you know, was Sam's later. sister's old bedroom or something. And we that were was all later. in the basement. 
that was later. But there was yeah. like 10 or 12 cots in a row. I was next to Chris Hopkins. Ugh. All right. So, so, so just so you guys understand. So this, it was kind of a JOP movie, except it wasn't Jeff Obar Productions. Jeff has some weird consultant credit, but it's everybody from the power making a movie in San Francisco. Right. Well, and there was a, a conversation that happened behind my back between Sam and Jeff, which was Jeff saying, well, I want to keep Scott in town to work on, I don't know, marketing for the power, whatever the hell it was. And I didn't know this conversation. And I was looking forward to being like part of the crew in San Francisco. And then I was, and I'm not even being paid. And I was told, no, you don't get to go to San Francisco. You have to stay in LA and work for Jeff. Oh no. And so so everybody got to go and sleep in this smelly, sweaty basement in San Francisco. And I had to stay in LA and work with Jeff on the power. And then when the movie came down to LA for posts and for and for uh reshoots, then I was part of it. Wait, Uh, so it wasn't because of the USC paper that you wrote. (laughs) He got back. What's this? What's this paper? What's this paper? Oh, Scott? you got to get a copy of this. So I thought it was Scott, a good paper. I thought it was a great I, paper. It's good. It's good. I say really, it, it was quite funny, but it has a little snark. Just a little, a little snark. It's a little bit of the UCLA USC. No, no, no. no. It, it, it's just a. It's a paper about the last week of shooting on the power, and, and Sam took it the wrong way. Sam thought wow. I. <laughs> I was making fun of this low budget production. I wasn't. I well, love it. And I don't think Jeff do. minded even. I think Sam was like, oh boy, when Jeff gets home, <laughs> he's going to, what do you read? I'm like, no, no, I no. think Jeff will be fine with you're overreacting. And I think, I think, I think the, the end note to all of that is just look at Ed Wood and look where it all came from. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, had, you had some experience. Homage, you know? This is yeah. Scott's oh. homage to. Totally. There, there's so much of the power in in that wood <laughs> sincerely yeah because you I mean you've been through those very like no budget productions i mean yeah, exactly. though though i thought the power looked really good i mean um well i mean sure. steve 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 carpenter is a terrific dp yeah um i, I mean what watching the the movie this weekend i i was really impressed with how good torment looks it looks yeah. beautiful. And, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 in terms of just like the compositions and, and there's young a lot of music, a lot of use of rack focus. I, I mean, it, it's really beautiful looking. And, and and then I pulled some old reviews. And um, I mean, a, a lot of the critics sort of talked about like how stylish the movie is. Yeah, and it, it really is. And 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 it's interesting. You guys did work with Chris Young, too, already, because his first score was The Dorm the Trip Blood. That's and right. then it's because of the power when we talked to Tony Randall, who who directed Hellraiser sure. 2, but also was a New World executive. He he talked about he talked to us about going to see the power. And that's how he discovered Chris Young was just listening to the score and going, oh, I, and then he took him and he did tons of of movies for New World. Uh, but it's interesting that he also did Torment as well, because he knew all you guys already. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's a beautiful score as well. Mm-hmm. Scott, you've got to tell the. Uh, Chris Young story and the usual sp- suspect story. What story? About the temp what? music. What? The what temp story? music that they used in Usual Suspects. I don't remember this. You better you tell went, Okay, I'll tell you this. It's an amazing story. So Scott knows the guy who did Usual Suspects. Brian Singer. Brian, Brian Singer, Singer, yeah. Scott went to a screening, an early screening of Usual Suspects. 
And there was a temp score from that they plugged in from the power uh, from <laughs> the uh, Carnival of the Animals, uh, Carnival uh, of the... Yeah, Sasson. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And Scott afterward went up to Singer and said, where did you get that? How did you know? He says, oh, I got it from this obscure movie called The Power. And we <laughs> tempt our movie with it. And then he ended up... So the joke was, was that this is the th third time that that Carnival of the Animals had been rifted over. They took, they temp dubbed... Uh, Scott, am I, does this not ring any bells? No, John. Yeah, John, you're 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 drunk or completely insane? No, no, no. <laughs> I, no, because I, I I didn't see the Usual Suspects until it was finished. You told me this story. Okay. No. I'll stop. I'll I saw stop. I saw it at USC when it, it was an answer print. I saw it was when it was done. All right, never mind. I thought that was over. We're, that we're was gonna work Olive's bookstore scene. But Olive's. but Carnival of the Animals. I mean, Earl, you know this. I mean, it was from a Terry. It was using a Terry Malick. Was it That's Days of Heaven? Correct. Yes. yes and then and then chris sort of ripped on it in the power and then it, i guess it shows up again in in usual suspects yes anyway the point was i thought this i, I swear to god i've been telling the story no, sorry we're we're gonna print the legend on this one we're just you know what i mean uh <laughs> we'll just, just stick by the legend rather than the truth um but uh i was gonna I say mean, so I, I actually i i don't have any stories for you and you can cut this out of the podcast but um, I mean, I, I worked with Chris for a few years after the power, and mm -hmm. I, I I did work with Chris on a, a couple of the new uh, New World movies, uh, Defcon Four, right? Mm -hmm. High and Point, then, and then the recut the recut of High Point, yeah, when it was yes. turned into a comedy. So I, I worked right. with him on those scores, but I have no stories, so you can cut this out. No, that's fine. I actually wanted to ask you about that because it's not really about you know we're, we're so curious that you told me that in an email, and I thought I was actually very curious about it because. Did you have to deal with New World because they gave you a certain amount of money and you just had to budget it for the score, or how did you how how did you work for him specifically on those scores? Was it just? Uh, I, I I I I mean I was completely unqualified, but I was sort of producing the scores. I I found I I, I mean prepping for you guys, I went through my files and I found a handwritten piece of paper, which is so crazy, which is. The budget, it's not New World, it's New Line, for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Which you worked on as well, right? Yeah. And it and and it it's hand it's like an Excel spreadsheet, but it's handwritten. And one column is the real budget, and the other column is the new line budget. <laughs> <laughs> so we had two sets of books. Oh my god. New line is oh. I worked on Nightmare 3 and 4. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's exactly right. They did some wacky stuff with their composers too. There were like five composers on Nightmare 3. Was that yeah. was it budgetary reasons? Earl, 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 do you remember uh, the whole group fr from The Power and from Torment, we all used to play uh, volleyball every Friday night. Uh, yeah, the beach, of course. Santa Monica, the beach. Tons of pictures. And, and, and one night, I, I, I'm i going to blame Earl. You said you worked on Nightmare 4, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Earl shows up at the volleyball game and says, okay, here's the deal. I was at the mix today of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. And it's fucking awesome. And everybody in the sound department at New Line is buying stock. 
Because <laughs> back then was an independent company. It was public. And we're like, what? What? He says, this is like, don't, you can't quote me. This is like insider trading stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But he's like, <laughs> everyone is buying New Life stock. I remember. Yeah. I remember and something I, about that. I, I, my father was a stockbroker. And I've never bought stock in my life. This is the only stock I've ever bought in my life. I swear to God. <laughs> and I called my dad the next day and go, I just got a tip. Oh, I got my all game. And Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 is going to be huge. My dad's like, what? I can't. You got to buy me so much New Life stock. Just take all my money and put oh, it in New God. Life. And because they're Earl Gafari. I bought a hundred shares of Mulide. <laughs> and what's crazy is Earl was right. Yeah. Nightmare Elm Street Part 4, I think it made $50 million, which was an insane amount of money. It was Rennie Harlan. In the yep. history of Bob Shea and Newland Cinema, but the stock didn't move. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And then and then oh, no. and then New Line got sold to Ted Turner, and then Ted Turner got sold. To Time Warner and then Time Warner got sold to AOL. And I would watch my hundred shares of New Line just get moved through all these different companies. It was all because of Earl Gafari. <laughs> I think well, Nightmare and Elsie was so bad. It was bad. It was not a hit. And then for John, uh, what's his name? Johnny Depp was in it again. And anyway, it was in the first was, one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was a it was hyped up. Part part three was Dream Warriors, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that was yes. with Chris Young. That's the yeah, Chuck. That was... No, no, no. no Angelo Badalamente. Uh, Angelo Badalamente did this. Uh, uh, Chuck that Russell, is Chuck Russell. Russell. Yes. Chuck yes. Russell, Chuck Russell who I worked with at New at New World. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. He he did he did that one. And, did he? Uh, did I saw Chuck Russell in the credits for the Power? Is that just like did no, I? You didn't. No, he you didn't. did not. Chuck Russell. Okay. <laughs> I, I, thought, I don't think so. A different Chuck. Okay. Russell. Uh, no, Chuck was. That's Chuck that's was I, the, that's when I saw the the preview for the Usual Suspects. That's when I. Uh, that's what I. That's when I saw Chuck Russell in the credits. I forgot. Yeah, that's right. No, Chuck <laughs> was, a, and I we'll talk about this another time. But Chuck was the producer of Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and mm -hmm. um, we uh, we had quite an experience on that movie. That was my big step up at at New World. But oh. um, uh, yeah, he produced that. Um, <laughs> He produced but, that, but he he directed uh, Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors, I and that was him and Frank Darabont too, because they were yep. they were partners. Well, Frank uh, and I, uh, this is for another uh, you know cast, but Frank Darabont was a PA on Girls Just Want to Have Fun, so we would we would see him and Scott. This will go right to your heart. I would always see see Frank with his uh, K Pro in the office. Oh, K Pro office, and they were working on the Blob. So mm -hmm. I always said, okay, oh, so wow. Frank, what are you doing? Well, we're working on the blob together. And I said, oh, that's really cool. Uh, Rachel Talalay was on that movie. She mm -hmm. was yeah. the, she was the production she, accountant, weirdly enough. She had started at New World. She was in um, Android, actually. She yeah. actually is in the cast at the very tail end. Yeah. Of it. No, yeah. I mean, that group of people that did, and again, we'll do this on another, another sure, podcast, sure. but that group of girls just want to have fun had so many people who came out of that. Um, that it was and just a really cool place. It actually, a new world was going to make the blob. They were yeah. initially the people that got the rights to make the blob. And it was going to be Tom D. Simone who was going to direct it. So that's who was going to direct it at first. And then Chuck Russell came up to yeah. him. And apparently, according to Tom, 
and said, uh, hey, let, I really want to direct the blob. We're working on the blob. I'd, I'd well, prefer to do it. So when we were doing uh, The Kindred, Chuck had a, a, a office on the second floor. Remember, Earl, those those offices in Culver Studio Eric? that were on the second, second floor in the back above the wood sh working shop and everything. Do you remember? I that? didn't know Chuck Russell's. I remember the, the guy who directed two, 2010. What's his no, name? No, no, but, but Chuck was there doing. Peter um, Hyams. <laughs> Peter Hyams. <laughs> yeah. Chuck was doing uh, storyboards for, I think, uh, Dream Warriors, but I yeah. could be wrong. You know, there's one thing I was going to say about um, Sam, the director of this film, um, when he was production manager on Dorn to Drip Blood, there was another woman we work with, a young woman named Stacy Giacchino, and she was right. production wow. supervisor, and Sam was production manager. And the two of the, uh, um, I was a production assistant, and so was Darren Starr. And Sam and Stacy had a bet who was going to become more well known and successful in Hollywood. Ah. Sam put his money on me and Stacy, but <laughs> or maybe it was the other way around, but. That's what happened. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, we had some good production assistants. Does, does Darren have a credit on the movie? On Dorm with the Prob, D D yeah. Blood? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Was it Dorm or The Power he was on? No, he's not on the Trip Blood. I remember because it was on Kelton. Oh, yeah. Like the one thing about the common denominator for all these early films was the living room of the director usually was the editing room. <laughs> It was like you shot film, tons of film. On the Dorn to Drip Blood, we had a Foley stage that we put in, in Jeff's living room and we put up glass partition <laughs> and we were on one side of it. Like you did everything, right? We had our sound machine in Jeff's living room, right? And same thing for Sam's. I think a lot of things were shot on Torment when we came back down, right? Well, that was the thing. We were going back over this and I realized that the, we did do an L.A. shoot for Torment. Um, we shot the bulk of it uh, in, in San Francisco at Sam's parents' house, where we all bunked up in the basement and had, it was just a crazy time, a wonderful time. We had so much fun. And then uh, we did some pickups a few days in, in L.A. Uh, for some scenes that never appeared in the actual final cut. Uh, one of them was in this Fleabag Hotel on Sawtell, uh, hotel on so hotel on Sawtell, and uh, where it's still the, there, it's where, like the West Side West Side Hotel. Motel. And it was like it was it was because the challenge with torment for us was always like we kept thinking we got to get to the reveal, the big twist when the dad says, "Yeah, hey, hi, dad," and and so there was a lot of insecurity. And when I watch, look back at the movie now. It seems to move along now. Maybe I'm just crazy, but I think it unfolds quite nicely. No, uh, absolutely. But, I agree. But part of what we were trying to do was to maybe give another bump, like another killing before the reveal. So we okay. have this thing where he checked into a hotel, flea bag hotel, and the guy and he shoots him in the head. But at the end of the day, it 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 just sort of delayed the moment and didn't really bring the story ahead enough mm -hmm. so i remember we didn't we didn't leave it in the final cut but there was an la shoot and scott found uh a picture of himself doing the slate right scott on the yeah i i, I was so confused because prepping for you guys i just went to my computer and i just typed torment 
to see what would come up. And <laughs> this photo of me on the set, and I was so confused because I wasn't allowed to go to San Francisco. <laughs> and I have no memory of an LA shoot. <laughs> so so John, what was was the shootout in the hotel? Was it a reshoot? I, I'm so confused. Yeah, we we did. Listen, Scott, uh, you know, Sam may see this and correct me, but from my memory, what we did, and Earl, help me out here, we did add a few, we did like a weekend, extended weekend shoot of pickups in LA. Yeah. One of them was the the middle-aged man, Bill Witt, on the phone with uh, with the, uh, you know, the- The radio station? Yeah, the radio- Yeah, that whole, all those shots. That, Sam, that's that in LA. Done. That's that early sequence. That was done in LA. Okay. That apartment. Now, er, Earl, you said that was at Sam and D's condo. That was in the living room where we were cutting. I, I mean, I, it's so it's so crazy because I was there and I can't remember. It's, I, I, so I pulled out the I pulled out the Blu-ray this morning to watch that scene again because this is freaking me out. That is that. It's the, it's if the there's window. one memory I have that it's is that the, it's the window Twenty Sixth Street. I, I I can't figure Street. out the geography. Yep. It, yes, that was in the living room. That's the one clear memory I have because that was our cutting room and we had to just get everything out of the way so we could shoot those scenes. Wow. And yeah. I think I something tells me some of the ending when the two of them are upstairs, hold up in the room. You know, before he comes through the door with the axe. I think a lot of those shots, or at least some of them were shot down here. I, I I'm really... not sure, Earl. I watched it today to figure that out. <laughs> um, and I think it was up in... It was Everything. Up in... Maybe the inserts, maybe the door. Well, the door, I think we just replaced the pa a panel there. But here, here's the oh, thing. That, that door, I, I don't want to knock the movie, but that door match. is too... The door is too thin. Yeah, I know. It, it looks like balsa wood. I don't know, but that house has the same 1920s door as my old house did, and those are those are not thick doors. No, yeah, yeah. but, but I, we, I, think, uh, I think an axe is too much for that door. I think you could have gone through with a <laughs> with a kitchen knife. And that's a little much. <laughs> also, I, I you, the, a lot of stuff was broken in is it Sam's parents' house? I mean, I, I, I kind of feel. Well, I mean, were they starting to question how many windows were you going to break in their house before? <laughs> well, those were all we, we we put in uh, sugar glass for all that, of course. Wow. Okay, but it was okay. on location. Oh my I'm god, I, I I just remembered the name of the basement that I wasn't allowed to be in the pit. The pit. That's right. <laughs> we called it the pit because everyone slept there except for me. Um, I, I and here's the big confession. Uh, I was actually the AD as well on the movie. Right. So, but I used well, a pseudonym called Jay Vincent, which is mm. my middle first name and my middle name, because we didn't have enough people on the movie and the credits would have gone like. Psh. Yeah. <laughs> I was, so, I was, oh, the, it came on Hendrix, the Foley artist. Okay. So, can I tell you one of the. <laughs> My middle name and Jimi Hendrix's last yeah. name. They did that also for the Dorm the Drip Blood when they used all their middle names to be the casting director, right? Because they didn't have enough, they didn't know a casting director. Oh, for so. sure. Yeah. 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 So so here's the funny part. <laughs> I gotta tell you one anecdote. So we're shooting out on the near the uh, you know, the um the bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, and it's where they discover the body in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Earl was the script supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst this was the worst so, this was like indicative of how 
hey, you want to do this job? Do it. You're yeah, in. like Scott says, you, whatever you want to do. Whatever you, you want to do, do it. So, <laughs> so Earl was the script supervisor. And all you have to do in a nutshell as a script supervisor is to write down everything and keep records so that we can really figure it out in the editing room. Well, lo and behold, we're on, we're shooting out underneath the Golden Gate Bridge and a gust of wind comes up and he had his binder open and all the pages went flying oh, into the no. bay. No. True story. No. And we're like, <laughs> all oh. the script notes then, are in the bay. Later on, we oh, were no. upstairs in the bedroom and there was this scene and I had no record of where the props were because it had blown away. So I asked <laughs> Steve Carpenter if for that side of the room, he could light it really low so you wouldn't really see on the <laughs> oh, thing. Wow. He actually said, he don't show that side that. of the room because we don't, we can't match continuity. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. But I, I had to remind John that we, John and I were Earl, given- Earl, you, you have to be the worst. Script supervisor I've ever heard Horrible. of. Horrible. <laughs> don't, don't show that side of the room, please. I know. Who was the <laughs> one who was great? Dark. Who was Diane Nisgoda? Was she the one that we always... She, she was Diane Nisgoda was our script supervisor on two of the movies. She was the secretary at the Writers Guild Yeah. Uh, for years, the WGA. She worked for WGA, and we thought this was very special, so we always included her as a script supervisor, and she was really good. She was really good. The other person who was amazing. But, well, why, but Diane really had her act together. Why, why was she hanging out with this group of young punks? <laughs> it, was, it was community. But you know what? who else was amazing in that? Chris movie? Lombardi, too, is the same guy. Like, That's the guy. Yeah. Chris Lombardi, our first AC on Torment, was a genius at what he did. Yeah. He pulled razor sharp focus. That's why it looks so great. Low level mm. situations. And if you look at the movie Platoon, uh, the um, uh, what's his name's movie? The Oliver Stone. Oliver, Oliver Stone's yeah. movie. Sure. Platoon. Chris was the focus puller on Platoon, wow. where he was using wide open lenses in super dark situations. And Chris was like, um, you know, yeah. I don't know how you describe it, but he was so good at pulling focus yeah, that he was, you look he was at great. Torment and you're like going, wow, Chris yeah. Lombardi was the amazing. But do you remember on, on The Power, he got an opportunity to shoot something on. He did. He got episode Boba six. Fett. He got Boba yeah. Fett. And we were like, he's shooting on a Star Wars film. <laughs> well, that was like the big time. Wow. wow. I don't remember that. Yeah. Chris Lombardi got to shoot the launch of Boba Fett in the desert for the second. Yeah, like one one weekend wow. he wasn't there. And where is he shooting this And thing? he just had to, yeah, he had to shoot that part. But uh, no, Chris Lombardi was incredible. Now, the other thing that was a weird detail of all this is that Taylor Gilbert, the, the star of Torment, the female star mm -hmm. uh, was a girlfriend of Ian Bryce. I don't know if you know who Ian Bryce is. He produced uh, Spider-Man. He produced, oh. he started with Lucasfilm and he did Transformers and Spider-Man. He like did all these giant movies. Look up Ian Bryce and they got married afterwards. So I would go to the movies and, and people say, what happened to Taylor Gilbert? I kept seeing her in these little 
day parts throughout any movie Ian produced. Uh, wow. She would pop up in these these huge movies. Um, and uh, she was dating him, I think, at the time. Uh, it's B-R-Y-C-E. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, you know Ian Bryce. Um, and if you look him up, his 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 credits are ex- extraordinary. But yeah, he, he, he worked on Batman Returns as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but but Chris Lombardi worked on Malibu Bikini Shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I have who's to got bragging John. rights between those two guys? You know, <laughs> I, 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 I remember Chris used to tell me stories that he was a projectionist at the the new. Well, I want to say the New Beverly, but maybe it was called the Beverly back then. I don't know if it was the New Beverly. Yeah. And he was explaining to me. I mean, he he that that was one of the non-union uh, yeah. projection booths in town and he said don't don't ever come to a movie here because the projectors don't face the i'm, I'm doing this visually but it's a podcast the projectors don't face <laughs> the screen they face each other and then they bounce through a mirror so nothing's Ooh. ever in focus oh my <laughs> and it was just like this weird like this weird internal gossip about projection houses in LA. <laughs> uh, speaking of the rest of the cast, though, like where did where was William Witt found? Like, oh, William Witt, that was amazing. Sam's so, teacher. Yes. So exactly. So we went up. I was involved a lot with this movie. Um, you know, as an associate producer, the producer, it's, right? It, it's a credit that they kind of give you when you're doing a lot of extra work. Oh, jo- John. Weren't you a production associate? I was uh, production. I was a pr- associate producer, actually. Uh, <laughs> Lars Hogley was a production associate. I, I okay. just, <laughs> just to clarify. Uh, just to clarify. That's, that's a credit oh. that Jeff invented, and no one on the planet has ever used it. <laughs> <Never heard. laughs> it does, however, but, get you your own bedroom. So yes, that's, the thing. <laughs> that's right. But uh, so we went up early on when before the movie started, and we, William Witt who was the star of that movie. Although I would argue Eve Brenner is the protagonist after we watched it. She's also really, really good. She's too, driving yes. that story really good. Every she's great. step of the way. Yeah, Every she's so good. Way. That moment where she's sudden, where the twi- after the twist happens and she's like suddenly apologizes to him, yes. and switches her tactic. So, so good. good. So good. I love it. I love but it. William Witt is so incredible in this so movie William too. Witt, William Witt, I remember going up with John and Sam during pre-production and we said we're going to go talk to the guy who's going to play the middle-aged man we called him right mm-hmm. and i remember pulling up to lincoln high school and going with sam into this english room this teacher who taught english and theater at his high school and we sat in the classroom and we talked about the movie it was so weird but he was an actor who was part of this um, group in San Francisco. It's a very famous creative group. I'm trying to, it's called the the Grove. Yeah, it was called the Grove. So he was an actor up in San Francisco of a certain note where he would do these things at the Bohemian, the Bohemian Club. Okay, okay. If you look up the Bohemian Club in San Francisco, it's a super... Uh, exclusive group and a club in which they have a theatrical division and um, 
he was a performer in the Bohemian Club, and he always used to joke and say, "Oh, I sing for my supper." But meanwhile, you've got you've got senators, you've got uh, governors, you've got all these people that were members of the Bohemian Club, and um, uh, I, I, John, I, I'm not following. William Witt was a member of the Bohemian Club. That's correct, as an actor. And um, so he was very accomplished. Look it up. I'm not making this stuff well, also, up. Also, also, <laughs> also, his wife, Bunny, was Bunny, Bunny, Bunny. And I had to remind John that we were given that scene to direct. John and I directed the murder scene of what? Her name is Bunny. Helen. Right? Yes. Really? I you forgot directed? about that. Yeah. yeah. We, we, I'm sorry. We plotted the whole thing out. Well, you, you, you guys did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> which scene? I'm sorry, Earl. Or which are which scene was uh, the I'm murder sorry? of Helen, the housekeeper? That oh, was that okay. was actually okay. That was actually William Witt's wife in real life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's wow. a lot of cuts. Wow. I would cut it. I, I, God, I said, that's the dream, isn't it? I would love to kill Ryan. You got to kill his wife in a I movie. I, pops. I was. I don't know if Scott feels this way, but I I was telling John I felt like a lot of things could have been cut. You know, dialogue could have been cut faster and john was like i but we needed to get to 83 minutes i think right <laughs> well it was a weird time it was a weird time because to sell to china uh, to japan at that time you had to have 94 minutes but oh, we went against that we just lot. made the movie the best we could yeah. um and um but but uh but william uh witt was an amazing actor okay okay so so my memory is completely wrong oh so Debbie, my wife said to me, so who is this guy? I said, oh, he was Sam's high school drama teacher. That's, That's correct. What I, yeah, yeah, well, that was. is correct. Yeah, that yeah. is. It's both. He, he, he was, was also Bohem part of the Bohemian Club as yeah. well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, John, was, it's a little more interesting that he's his drama teacher, frankly. That's okay. Can we rewind this? And I'll go back. I don't yeah, know. The yeah. Bohemian Club both sound pretty great. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you'd you order uh, one of the cast members you already brought over from The Power as well. William right? Lincoln. No. William Lincoln. Yeah. Warren. John. Warren, Warren. Warren Lincoln. Yes. No, no. Okay. Uh, John and Earl, I I actually had to pull out the, the Blu ray and rewatch the credits this morning because I was totally confused. Why isn't Warren in the opening credits? He he was the all star from the power. I don't know. Really? I don't know. The power wasn't released yet. I don't think. Well, this came out in nineteen what eighty five. No, 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 no. Yeah, uh, it took two years out. to finish it. Well, power came out in eighty four. Yeah, this was eighty five. Eighty six is when torment oh. was released. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but all, all all these movies from this group, they would go on for years. Yeah. You'd be in production and post forever. <laughs> I would say, and also this is totally has nothing to do with anything else, but I would say the funnest thing about those two films was getting the opportunity. And I, Scott, I'm sure you did this too, to use a changing bag yes. with a real 35 millimeter magazine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But given that responsibility. That was crazy. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Well, that means when they would have to change. I don't the want to hear you tell it. Right. Gross. What does that mean? <laughs> it's a bag that looks like a closed shirt, like a closed. Um, Put it up your arm. Black bag. And it has like sleeves, but the end of the sleeves have, um, whatchamacallit, um, like rubber um, gaskets or something that you put over your arm and it completely blocks out the light. 
and you zip it open and you put a film magazine that has all the shot film or unshot film and you actually take both of them and you change it in this instead of going into like a black room a dark room you do it right there on the set in sunlight sometimes oh. so it's like you know it's quite a responsibility oh. yeah back in the day when there were latent images on chemical Mm -hmm. you know. I, 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 I mean, so you guys understand. I mean, it's a massive responsibility. Right. Yeah. Because if, if you screw up, screw it up. Yeah. Then slightly, the entire role. Yeah. It, it's like out of ruined. It's unusable. Oh, but it was, my God. It was so exciting. We would drive to Fujifilm on Seward, right next to Glen Glen Sound, <laughs> to pick up these cheap rolls of film. And it was just the most exciting thing to just go down there. See what kind of film you could buy for what price, and then they were called short ends, San Francisco short ends. Yeah. That's right, short wow. ends. All right, there's a short ends, and I I, 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 usually don't promote myself, but I will say that in Dolomite is my name. I put in a scene about short ends, which was my That's tribute so to this era of making movies because it's it's just so bizarre for anybody <laughs> under the age of fifty to even understand what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was pieces, little pieces of film that were from different movies, and 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 and, and sort of famously and sadly, Orson Welles, uh, sort of from the, the, the maybe the nineteen late fifties onward, he would buy short ends, and short ends don't match because right. it, it's, a, it's different a, stocks, it, and it's, it's yeah, right, it's, it's two hundred forty feet from this movie mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. one hundred sixty feet from that movie, but it's cheap. But, yeah. but you know, but 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 it could be from a different run at Kodak or Fuji, so it, mm -hmm. you don't even know if the color is gonna gonna match. But he it. loved this. He loved that struggle. You know, that kind of just doing yeah. whatever it takes to get it done. Yeah. So so yeah, we 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 had a couple of characters talk about short ends. What the hell is a short end in, in Dolomite? <laughs> that's so that's good. awesome. That's great. That awesome. That's a trip. Um, so was the big twist always there from the beginning? Like, did Sam and John Hopkins, did they already have all that worked out? Did they yes. have the script? All, so yes, they, yes, yes. and and had they also, this seems like something that you guys carry with you a little bit, which is like, we got to get everything in one big location. Like the dorm, the drip blood is not entirely, but largely this is in the kindred. It's also a lot in one location. The kindred so, was a whole different beast because that was all based out of a studio, instead of finding an existing location, we built an entire house. We we built the first floor and the second floor on stage oh, wow. three at Culver Studios, where they did um, uh, ET, because it had a a, a a pit in the middle of it, so that all that stuff in the kindred where they fall down is an actual mm -hmm. pit underneath the stage. Wow. Um, oh, cool. So we recreated the whole movie rather than go find an existing house. Got it. Got uh, it. But, or an existing but, pit. Yeah. We had to find <laughs> the whole. The you whole search all those pits and it just gets yeah, tiring. It's so hard so to get the workman's comp coverage on a, <laughs> yeah. on a bottomless pit. Oh, oh, oh my God. Uh, John, this memory just came back to me of Jeff having me try to find houses for the kindred. And I was trying. <laughs> Oh my God, this is so horrible. Driving <laughs> around East LA. And I don't even know where we were getting these people's names from. And I was knocking on doors. It's like, what? Just make me make me do this stuff. It's horrible. <laughs> and it was like these, these little old 
Hispanic ladies these in these dilapidated houses in Boyle Heights, and they would go into their houses and they'd be like, Oh, you're gonna make a movie here. I go, Yeah, and then I would go into the house, and it was just terrible. It was it was just the floor is falling apart, and there's stacks of newspapers, and there's water stains on the walls. It's like, oh, we can't work in here. This is so sad. And the old lady is all excited, like, oh, Hollywood. It's going to come to my house. Uh, <laughs> the stars who are coming to my house. I'm like, yeah, I'll let you know. Well, we, that, that, does, do that, that does beg the big topic that we, we, Earl and I often discussed, which was we wanted the Scott Alexander Clause. Now, the Scott <laughs> Alexander Clause was, and he made a deal with, with, um, Jeff and and actually I think Sam and uh, John as well was that you only got you if if you'll work for free but you're only going to do what you want to do that's it <laughs> if it seems interesting I'll do it but I if I don't feel interested I won't do it so, you know so you know Earl John, and I you, always John, wanted the Scott Alexander are, clause you are correct <laughs> I I had the fun clause the fun clause. That's okay, what it was but, called. But, but when I was when I was at your your party for your daughter, and I ran into Chris Hopkins, and I haven't seen Chris in years, and we were reminiscing about crawling through the trash dumpsters behind Westward Home Market so we could scavenge cardboard to build sets out of. Now, if I'm crawling in garbage <laughs> to get. Old produce cardboard. How is that the fun clause? <laughs> I thought you were getting jute. <laughs> jute. Do you remember jute? We made all the we made oh all the God. the uh, tombstones out of jute for the yeah. power. And, and and in experiment DNA, when the camera's shooting down down the tunnel, that's all jute. <laughs> jute People don't know what jute is for but... the viewers. For the viewers at home, jute gives you cancer. <laughs> <laughs> the worst oh, good. and you the got to handle a lot of it that's perfect <laughs> one of the most embarrassing things is if you look at the early video release of the kindred um we didn't pay any attention to tv lines or video lines all we thought about <laughs> was 185 i guess it was, it was. Mm -hmm. and so you can see the monster in shorts you can see, see the, the guy. guy's bottom you oh can, no! You see shorts. No! You can see Lars. You can see Lars standing behind one of the doors. <laughs> someone running no! by, and I'm sure the power. I've been. I wouldn't watch the power for sure in 40 years. So I'm sure there's stuff in it there. The original. I didn't. I didn't see anything of it when I no, saw it over the. That, I've watched it over the weekend. It's on I Tubi, think it's since so it's it's available. Um, but it it looked good from what wherever it looked really good. So it it's definitely in scope so it's not it's yeah not no no the the it. new uh the blu-ray uh what do you call it uh in you know this thing this yep yep oh that one yeah this thing is really Ooh, nice it's a, a it's a it's a metal box you know yeah. and mark, uh, mark and i have the exact same one. Oh yeah have you watched yeah, the interviews the interview is a good documentary. John and I did an interview too on that. I I did not get to watch the extras today. I was trying to catch up on the Dorm the Drip Blood. I watched the Power. Uh, obviously, I watched <laughs> Torment a couple times. So like I I I didn't get a chance to watch the extras, but um but I did watch the Kindred again. So which I hadn't seen since I was a kid. So it, uh, it, was, a, it was a blast. The Kindred actually started out as a twenty. 
I was in a writing class, Bill Adams at UCLA. It was my last semester at UCLA and we we're supposed to write a half an hour or something TV thing. And I said to John, let's write a feature. Let's write the experiment DNA. We can write it as my project. And he approved it, this guy, because he knew Jeff Obrow because Jeff Obrow went to UCLA. So it actually started as my final writing class, you know, project. It I was wondering, class. I was going to ask who came up with I that idea. That. Yeah, that's that was uh, Kindred is a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's a whole. Do, but it's uh, all in the thing. It's all in the. <laughs> yeah, you can watch the documentary. It's all locked down. But um, in terms of torment, I just to, to sort of put a uh, a final push on it. We ended up finishing the movie. I ended up working on a lot of different movies um, for New World, and Earl got very busy, and so Scott was asked to come in and finish the movie basically in the editing room. And so he ended up Sam's living there. room, you mean, right? Is that yeah. his <laughs> living room? <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean I, I, because I, I was a few years younger than everybody else. And at a certain point all these adults, I think <laughs> go ahead, and, they had to get paying jobs. And it was like it was like John Earl and Brett and then Brett left and then Earl left and then John left. And at a certain point it's just me and I, I, I'm still going to school and I'm driving over at night, you know, five nights a week, like a crazy person. And then, and then Sam and John are like, all right, now you're the editor. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm looking around, there's, there's nobody else there but me. <laughs> Everybody else has fled. Did you, oh when, you re, when you rewatched it, did you notice some of your cuts? Um, oh, it will, it will, Earl will laugh at this. Some of the sound problems were coming back to me. Oh, <laughs> as like as like PTSD, and when when Warren is on the TV screen as as like the cool cop, yes. and there were so many sound problems with that with that audio, and you and there's actually there's there's really bad glitches in his audio, and suddenly I was flinching. It's like this PTSD from forty years ago. Why do I give a shit? And it's Warren being interviewed on TV and torment. <laughs> And I'm 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 flinching like no no don't don't come back to him don't come back to him because that's going to be that bad cut. <laughs> yes, and the bad and the bad edits too. I was telling John, there's one horrible edit in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. And oh it, yes, where where it, it's a two shot and then it punches in a warrant. Yeah, it's just like slightly closer and it has nothing to do. Oh, it's it's, it's terrible. I can't believe we didn't catch that, and it's a dishonor to that. Sacred oh, that place. location! Beautiful you location. Get to yeah. Shoot right where James Stewart was. Yes, yeah. like crazy. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Uh, speaking of sound stuff, I'm I'm actually the voice in the beginning when he's the my friend who is an actual DJ, Mark Grower, who's still a DJ. Actually, he was oh, in right. San Francisco. And now he's in Sonora, Cannery Row. We went to Cannery Road. Yeah, time. we went and we recorded him. So he was a real DJ. But I'm the guy on the phone that he's talking to in the beginning that mm -hmm. he that, that argues with him. Oh, so nice. I, I was doing Return of the Living Dead 3. And years later, uh, the executive, uh, he was a production executive or something at, at Trimark, said, hey, you know, did, did you ever have anything to do with Torment? And I go, <laughs> yeah, why? He says, I was in Italy after a mar film market. And I was in the bathroom and I heard your voice <laughs> on the wow. satellite system. <laughs> and I walked out and this movie Torment is playing. And then your name comes up as an associate producer. 
he says, this is the craziest thing at all because he just heard my voice from another room. Right. <laughs> wow. So it was so wow. small. We didn't have people to do any of the wild voice stuff or anything. It was just so whoever could do it. Once you guys finished the movie, is that when New World got involved? Did they? We, did you screen okay, it? Okay, so this, this, what happened was, uh, yeah, we finished the movie and there's a, 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 a lawyer named Linda Lichter. And Linda Lichter was all of our lawyer at that time. Um, and uh, Steve Carpenter's lawyer, uh, my lawyer, John and Sam's lawyer, we all sort of inherited her through, I don't know how that all happened, but we all ended up being clients of hers. And um, she sold it to New World. Um, mm, okay. And about that same time, uh, Jeff Dowd, also known as The Dude, um, mm. was circling that world. And so we kind of connected with Jeff Dowd as well. And Jeff Dowd was the producer's rep for the Coen brothers originally. He discovered discovered them out of San Francisco. And he's the guy that they based the dude on. Because mm -hmm. when we met Jeff, I was introduced to, to him as the dude. And so we, <laughs> we, John, Sam, and I ended up doing another project together with the dude, Jeff, as our executive producer. But he was involved early on, right around the time we got that distribution with uh, New Line, uh, New World. And I can't remember whether he was part of selling it or not. I'm not sure. He may mm. have entered right after, but he was right around that same time. But uh, we ended up, um, you know, putting the movie out there. Um, New World uh, bid on it. You know, back then, you know, making a movie was vastly different than it is now. Um, you know, it cost millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you had to, you know, it was a real big endeavor. Um, and so if you had an independent movie like that, you could realistically get um, somebody to, to take it out if it had a certain polish to it. Um, and luckily for us, uh, New World... Um, uh, you know, responded to the movie, um, ended up uh, bidding, and um, Linda Lichter, the lawyer, got the amount up, which was great. Uh, and then it suddenly was decided, and we we ended up with this New World movie. And what was great was was just being there to experience this little movie that we all sort of handcrafted getting out there into all these theaters, um, being in Westwood, you know, that was a big deal at that point, uh, playing in theaters. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, did I, you guys get to go see it? Oh, I went to the yeah. see it. Did yeah. you go to, it's played at the man, the man, right? It was actually on the, uh, what that, what's that theater that's now the whole uh, foods? The, the, the man. man. It was yeah, the right, man. Right. That was like a three-plex. Yeah, the man triplex. Yeah. yeah, the man, yeah, it played there. Um, and that was a real thrill to be able to walk in um, to a theater, sit oh, down and watch a movie. They had the world premiere at the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco. Uh, nice. I wasn't able to nice. attend, but my friend Mark, who was a DJ, ended up um, going. He, he almost made it. It was a whole funny thing where he almost missed his performance, but he got there. Did, did, didn't we have a, a big screening at the Fox Venice? Oh, oh man. I don't remember that. Was I that think that power? was I think that was the the friends and family premiere. Oh, could be. Wow. Could be. Yeah. 
but it was it was one of those uh wonderful i think um times right i mean for me i look back on that and i think what a great time and you to be able to make a movie like that and then yeah. get it out into into oh, great. meaningful distribution and do, do, do we know do we know uh where that beautiful poster came from because it's so gorgeous it won awards actually that was done I, I oh go ahead go ahead you if you know great no i don't but i okay I later it won some award for for graphic art or something i I've, i i emailed tony randall and i asked him but i have yet to hear back but i i will let you guys know if he responds to me because yeah. I knew a guy you would like who made that poster and I was like okay I'll try I'll try to find it but Great I, I couldn't find it on my own so I wrote Tony Randall yeah it's an amazing poster yeah, yeah it's yeah. beautiful and it's incredible that that movie's made under two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars that's oh, yeah. unbelievable like, it looks so good I can't believe yeah. that it was made for that little money that that's a real well, testament to all is, you guys it's so easy when you don't pay people you just <laughs> <You're right. laughs> well, the savings it was Imagine. it was it was a really, <laughs> Imagine I was 21 years old and we get to go with all our friends up for three weeks, stay in San Francisco during the summer. It was really, that was a fun. And we had great nights uh, out at uh, 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 Haight-Ashbury. Oh yeah, just fun. So Haight-Ashbury at that time was more of a nightclub thing. So we were out partying all the time. Any chance we could take a night off, we all went out. Uh, partying in San Francisco, and he just had a wonderful time. It's one of those memories that you'll you'll always cherish. At least I do. It's great. So, so is that is that summer of eighty four? Three. Three? No. I know. I lost my virginity on that shoot, so I know. What? <laughs> you tell. Yes. Oh, but Earl, what was the wait, part? Wait, what Still shooting an eighty. Not on the shoot, not not on the set, but you know, <laughs> just off camera, time. trying to keep that out of frame. <laughs> San Francisco. <laughs> oh, you were in San Francisco when you had your moment. <laughs> yes. Wow! I didn't know that. Fourth of July. Fourth of July. Fourth of July. Even better. Wow! Fireworks. Patriotic. Yeah. For America. Earl, you're not going to tell us. You're not going to tell us anymore. I mean, you really. What more do you need to know? He doesn't kiss and tell. I like that. I respect that. Do you remember? That's why I don't remember anything after you know this. Towards the end of the shoot, I I don't. Hey, Earl. Everything else is a fog. Earl, I I don't want to. I don't want to mess with your your life, but that shot of me on the set. I'm looking at it. It's July '84. I know, because that was a reshoot way after. Reshoot. Was I, a, a year later? It if it was 83. I, there's that just no movie... way it wasn't 83. Or 84. It was, it was 83. Uh, Scott, do we, get a, do we get to see this photo eventually? Yeah, I can email it to you. It's fine. Awesome. Is <laughs> that right? You know what? I, I've actually, I got a really sweet photo. It's, it's actually from the power. It's not from Torment, but it's all of us in the cutting room. It's everybody. Oh, wow. oh yeah. It, it's it's John Earl, Lars, Brett, and Michelle Horvat, I think. Yeah. It's the same squad. That was the power, but it was the same group. Yeah. 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 So, that was a good one. The one thing is we were horrible. None of us taught us about, nobody taught us about how to keep a good organized editing room. We were just all <laughs> kind of figuring it out. 
And we got one of those, what are, you know, the coding machines, but it was a mess. We, we were, it was not organized, was it? Not at all. No. I mean the 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 power it was such a self-contained homemade unit. I mean, I, I I was still in school. I didn't understand how unusual this was. That you know you have a scene with uh somebody like oh his arm being broken, and then like Earl and I would just go out in the courtyard with it. We had a Nagra. I don't know why we had a Nagra. We would record crunching celery, <laughs> and then we would. Take it in, and then and then we actually had had a mag a thirty five mag recorder in just living room. It's so ridiculous. And then we would transfer it from quarter inch Niagara to thirty five mag, and then an hour later we cut it into the movie. Fantastic! It was beautiful. It was amazing. <laughs> so when you when you finished it, did you guys at all like obviously your lawyer sort of sold it to New World, but you guys didn't try to pitch anything to new world pictures or do anything oh, after? well what happened after that was scott i mean i'm sorry uh sam uh john hopkins and myself had a feature film that we uh were pushing we wrote the um script um john and sam were going to direct it uh jeff dowd the dude was the executive producer uh we sold the the project through um, Interscope at the time. Um, and Interscope sold it to Warner Brothers. And then we entered what is commonly called, uh, you know, development hell, where we mm -hmm. rewrote the thing for two years. They pay you wonderfully. It's like a gilded cage, right? But you don't ever get your movie made. Right, right. Like, and then you, we thought, oh, we're all set. We're going to do another movie. And then you realize, oh, no, they develop like 300 projects a year. And and um, David Heyman was our production executive at that time on it. And he was the smartest guy in the room. Even then, you could tell. I did another project with him afterward, um, another script I had. But he went on and, and did um, all the Harry Potter movies uh, at Warner Brothers. Um, uh, so we ended up having a deal together at Warner Brothers uh, for a movie that was never made. And then uh, after that, uh, we all kind of went different ways. And uh, Sam now lives in um, uh, Brooklyn. John Hopkins lives in um, Florida. And so they're sort of doing something different now yeah. with their lives. And uh Sam like uh, did a bunch of music videos for a while, right? Sam, Sam was and John uh, wrote scripts, right? John wrote uh, a few correct. scripts. That's correct. Yeah. Sam, Sam Islanian became the head of production at DNA Films. They did. I, I was an assistant director for them for a while. Uh, in between writing gigs, we did um, uh, so many Joni Mitchell videos. Uh, uh, I did so many great videos for Sam as an AD. My, my offer was, hey, John, do you want to be the production coordinator so you have to work for a week? Or I can pay you the same amount of money and be the AD for two days. And I said, oh, I'll just do the two days. <laughs> but I, I was never a great AD. It was it, It's a very difficult job to accomplish. But Sam went on and did a bunch of music videos as the head of production. John went on to do um, Dunstan Checks In, a 20th Century Fox film that he wrote and then, um, uh, you know, sold to, to Fox and they made that movie. 
um, a, a, a great movie. I mean, people yeah, where the it. Academy is now, Academy Museum. Yeah, uh, that's right. They shot it in that hotel, uh, the uh, uh, May Company. May Company. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, that's where they shot. It Dust. was like a film oh. set or whatever. They it was like this do. weird, uh, like they'd never touched it, so they made it the hotel for Dunstan checks in. Yeah, and so, and so so then you so you John and Earl you guys then go off and make the Kindred, right? So we Earl and I went off and and did the Kindred as writers and editors, which was an odd combo. Something I, I, that... I, are, are you guys aware that there's all these pairs? There there was Jeff and Steve, there was Sam and John, and there was <clears throat> Earl and John. That's correct. Mm -hmm. We yeah, all you guys all... you guys lived together too, right, John? And Earl, Earl was guys... my roommate. Yeah. yeah. Seven years, I think, six or yeah. seven. I'm a little nervous how you know that, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know it because I listened to the director's commentary of The Dorm, The Drip Blood, and they mentioned it in that. Oh, and, yeah, that's, uh, that's weird, too. It's also just, that's off the dome. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just... He can't, he can't tell you what we did two weeks ago, no, but... I don't have any... No, yeah, you guys it's weird. I, I, had to, I had to get rid it's of some children's good. memories, yeah. uh, my children's memories, <laughs> yeah. and, and then and fill it with that information. Doesn't know our son's teacher's name, no, but... don't know. 80, 80 or 81, John's roommate left, and he had... There was a free room, and, all, and there was a bunch of us who... Would would have loved to get that, you know, be his roommate. It was between me and Steve Carpenter, <laughs> and John ruminated for a number of days, and then he chose me over Steve Carpenter. Well, also, I and it would have been different. I, I never knew this. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a different story. Everything would have been. Different. I was counseled. Yeah. I was counseled by Jeffrey about that. You were counseled. <laughs> That's classic. <laughs> So and that, you know, that's when you're Scott. Scott he, oh, he wanted oh, to keep Steve under the umbrella, closer. right? Because yeah. he, yeah, they were living uh, together. Got it. And this but, Scott, uh, this is when you're living with Larry and uh, Daniel, right? So no, no, no. no. Dan, Dan is much later. Dan isn't until yeah, eighty five. Okay, okay. Way after the fact. But you, uh, you also then uh, stopped going and, and you stopped working in sort of the low budget stuff because you sold the script to Fox. You told me, right? So... I, 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 I was, I believe, I was the production coordinator on the Kindred in pre-production, and then Larry and I sold our first script, and then I, I called up Jeff and I said, "See ya." <laughs> <laughs> and we saw some fun trips to Las Vegas. Yeah. That wasn't oh. Problem Child, though, was it or no? Oh, it, it was uh, Problem Child was our second script. Our it was Home Wreckers. Home Wreckers, which was a, a big spec sale uh, back in '86, uh, but it did not get made like most scripts in LA. Yeah, right. right. Development hell. Earl is is like now the biggest guy at Disney music editing ever. Oh, uh, yeah. I always thought this was like such a perfect place. Earl is such a talented musician. He plays violin. He is, God really is a talent. Cool. Are you kidding? Have you heard Scott play piano? That's a talent. Well, I'm just saying. And the fact that you are music editing for the biggest films Disney makes is so, so reassuring it's that the world somehow works out. I can't see. Are you guys going for those instruments right now? <laughs> are we getting them? Are you, getting them? Are you tuning them up or something? Or? <laughs> it's not going to work over <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Okay, I thought we were going to get a little concert. That's all right. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that, you know, we all, you know, Scott ended up doing whatever he did. But, uh, sure. you know, Earl. 
Earl and I did okay. <laughs> no, no, you you started music editing pretty much after Kindred, right, Earl? And then kind no, of I was a picture with... editor. I was a picture editor for until '95. I mean, I did some music editing, but okay, like I was Great, tra- then giving Earl, it a go. Earl, were you picture editor on the decline of Western civilization? Yeah, too? I cut I cut some rock documentaries. I cut um I was a picture editor on Wayne's World and Wayne's World Two. Wow. Yeah. So if you watch, you know. Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. That was, that was Earl. That was Earl. Yeah. Wow. So that'll be in a That's comedy. Awesome. That'll be in a montage of comedy clips for a while. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Nice. Steak. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, Earl, that's amazing. Um, it, it is so awesome to meet all yes, of you guys. And this was so cool. I hope you guys Great enjoyed this guys. as much as that's we did. Um, really, really, we really, really like Torment. Yes, we really say. did. We I really like this movie. So I, I'm so you know, glad you, that we got to talk to you guys. Yeah, you know, I, I, I just, I just want to say it all to all you, all you young wannabe filmmakers out there. Back in 1982, I was 18 or maybe almost 19, and I saw a piece of paper on a cork bulletin board saying, looking for PAs, no pay. And I'm still friends with these guys 41 years later. It, it was like, it was such it was such a great time in our lives. It really it was. It really was great. Yeah. yeah. Such a great time. It, it, it was, it was, it's really corny, but, or whatever. But it was fam- it was like a family because my wife is her family was punk rock, totally different scene. Early LA punk rock, and I'm like, man, she has such a family that's forever. She's friends forever with these people, and I'm like, wait, I had the same thing. It was all these these. But can I just tell you an interesting detail about uh, Earl's wife? She is in Decline of Western Civilization one. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and she yeah. when I first met her, I thought. He said, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm dating Michelle. She was in Decline One, and I go, oh geez, I thought, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> and she shows up. She is the sweetest, most wonderful person. Uh, and our both our wives share the same birth date. <laughs> so roommates, wives have the same birth date. Michelle wow. was in this movie, which Earl cut the sequel to. So it's all this very." Wow. Wow. You know, uh, that's how I got the job, really. Yeah, you got the job. <laughs> you introduced me to Penelope, right? You did actually. Who yeah. Penelope uh, Spears made a bunch of movies with New World as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah another connection there as well. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much. This was thank just you. terrific. Right. Yes, and this is there's not a lot thank out there about guys. Torment, so I'm really happy that we got you guys together because. Uh, I think it's uh, deserves to be watched by more people, and, and I like that movie. I, I I look back on it and I think it's it's just beautiful. Maybe it's just me, but I thought it worked. You know, it, I think it does too. I think it works There's only really one, well. One one little question: Where is Scott? Brought this up. Did uh, William <laughs> Witt know <laughs> the detective's wife was his daughter, or is it just a coincidence? Mm. Ah, you don't know. Mm. Yeah, he does seem to know I, where they live pretty well. I feel like he knew it. I feel like he knew what you know. I feel like he knew. He knew. He Bob's not doing well. Bob's not well. You know. <laughs> yeah. But I also that's what I we like, learned. <laughs> but I love the trans the, the the when he says, "Oh, I'm more important to your fiance than you are." That yeah. I was a great twist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like yeah, he's after me. 
not, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought, yeah. wow, yeah. but then it does beg the question, did he, which came first, his daughter or the detective, you know? Well, I guess that I, also begs one more question, which is, do they, do they end up getting married? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does that continue? Like, do they get over that? Was that oh, like wow. just a speed bump or was that <laughs> yeah. like, was like yeah, this, I got a funny story. It kind of blew up the whole relationship. <laughs> How did you two meet? You know, like, <laughs> um... I love that. That's great. <laughs> well, here, here, I'll, I'll just be contentious for the end of this podcast. I mean, watching the movie, shouldn't one of the ladies have shot Bill? They did. No, 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 but Warren, no, no Warren gets the, poli- the, gets the, the kill. The, the Warren gets the kill. Yeah, the police yeah. kill. But uh, the daughter couldn't pull. The, the she can't do it. She can't kill her own the, dad. How about the old the old bag? Shouldn't Eve have shot him and killed him? She almost does. She shoots through the door. Yeah, yeah. I think she's, she's tried. Well, when she when she shoots him in the backyard, it's great. Oh, that's so badass when she turns on all the floodlights and wheels, <laughs> wheels out, out. shotgun. <laughs> so badass. She's awesome, great. She's so good in that movie. And Scott, you you said something that Eve is still alive. She's still working. I, I thought she was, and then Earl. No, Earl she just I guess died. it's mistaken. No, oh. no. When I looked her up, it was on Wikipedia. It was on. Uh, it wasn't on Wikipedia. It was on Google. I just Googled her, and it says. She- she passed away on January 11th, but I guess oh, it's not it, true. I guess it's, it's not. It's true. ridiculous. Okay, okay. She's almost a hundred years old. She died like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I would have said that. If you Google it, it's really weird. But anyway, all right. Well, we, we thanks you guys. Thank you. Forever. Thank you. We're thank all thank you, Scott. Scott. Thank, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so thank much. You. Great meeting you guys. This was so evening. fun. All right. Bye bye. And that's it. That is our interview. Our torment reunion episode. If there was ever an episode that we, I felt, I won't speak for the two of you, but I felt like I was a listener to our podcast while also being on our podcast. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. very true. This was it. It was amazing. They have so many stories. They obviously have great yeah. admiration and they're all for each other. They're all very close. Um, they all have uh, a, a long history of working together and being friends, and it just really came through. And just letting them tell the stories and and talk about sleeping in a basement in a smelly basement. Well, <laughs> yeah, most of them sleeping most in of a them. smelly basement together. John, John just... escaped that, but yeah, <laughs> right. It was so much fun just to listen to them talk, and I I really wanted to be on the inner circle of that. While knowing the whole time I'm just on a video conference call and I'm just watching. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. It it they uh John was ready. He came with those notes. They mm-hmm. were all ready. Uh, I mean, it was just very cool, a cool thing to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it's uh, hard to not get swept up and just listening and be yeah, like, oh, yeah. oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, no, we we're, have a we're we running have, this. Yeah, we have an interview. <laughs> we have an interview to conduct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were like, just sit back. We will take care yeah, of it. We got so this. Fun. Yeah, uh, we're pros. You're uh, not. Yeah. We, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, uh, give us a five star review. This was such a cool episode, and we really, again, want to thank Earl, John, and Scott for being a part of this. We were so grateful to them for uh, their time and for being on this episode. It was it was an awesome experience. So mm-hmm. give us a five star review and go check out our website www.newworldpicturespodcast.com. You'll see all of our episodes and our t-shirts. You can buy some merch there. We'll see you next time for Prison March starting next month. 
on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody.